Hi, thank you for joining Grief and Frozen Lasagnas every first and third Thursdays. I'm your host, Veronica Day. This podcast is devoted to talking openly about grief and how to help someone who is grieving. You will hear personal stories ranging from the sad, the angry, the are you freaking kidding me, to pee your pants funny. We're not licensed professionals nor grief experts. We're just real people who've experienced grief I want to share what helped and what didn't. When I was outlining each episode and the topics, I knew I wanted to devote an episode to those who are the helpers, the friends of, the support team for someone who's grieving. Two friends immediately came to mind, Jocelyn and Steve. I knew both of them through my work in theater. They may look very different on the outside, but share a personality trait that is very special, compassion. I had the opportunity to interview them this February via a Zoom call. It was very humbling and enlightening to hear their experience of grief from a friend's point of view. Today I will share the candid conversation we had regarding how to help someone who's grieving. So thank you both for being here. I won't take up too much of your time. I am just so thrilled that y'all are some of the very first guests on Grief and Frozen Lasagnas. Thank you. I, I, I feel so, I feel honored. I feel very special. Like, well, I told Steve, I said, thank you so much for taking time to fit me into your schedule today. And of course, Steve jokes that, you know, it was hard, you know, with him jet setting all over the world and trying to be on the right time zone. So I canceled several things to do this. Oh, and now I feel bad. I'm trying to think of them, but. No. Never mind. Oh, I'm going to let you each introduce yourselves. And so we've got two fantastic guests on here. I'm just thrilled y'all are here to talk about the other side of grief. Not actually going through grief, but you've both been there for friends of yours who are grieving. And sometimes y'all were the first people that showed up. So I want to let you each just, you know, tell a little bit about yourself. Because when I was trying to do it in my head, it came out like I was doing a dating profile for you. Like, and she likes long walks <laughs> along the beach. So I think it'll sound more authentic. Jocelyn, I'll let you start. Um, sure. Hi, I'm Jocelyn, um, old friend of Veronica's, and I work for a nonprofit and I also work for a corporate relocation company. Um, and I am on the board of League of Women Voters and I volunteer a lot of different places. So that's a little snapshot of me. I'm always uh, spread too thin, it seems. No, she's amazing. Oh, and she is a Lego, I don't even know, I can't even think of the right word. I mean, genius. Jump's going to say genius. Yeah. <laughs> she builds the most amazing Lego sets I think I've ever seen. And they're so well, fun. They're so fun. I don't have the patience for it. I, I didn't design them. <laughs> That's just where the budget has gone since the pandemic hit and, and travel was off the table. Yeah. Um, that's been a, a big outlet for us in our house. It's a Lego museum that's everywhere. It's in all of the rooms. I love uh, it. Steve, I'm going to give the floor to you. Okay. Um, I'm an old friend of yours um, uh, in two phases. First, I'm old. <laughs> And uh, then secondly, I've been a friend of yours for, for quite a while. I'm mm -hmm. retired. Um, I do next to nothing uh, except for the days that I do absolutely nothing. Thank you both for being on here. So um, I'm so grateful. So we're just going to jump right into it. I don't want to like I said, take up too much of your time. 
but we're going to start with Jocelyn and I'd like you to share things. I know the stories, but our listeners don't share a little bit about, and you like what you first, how you first heard the news that someone you love or you cared about lost someone. What was the first thing you thought of and how you jumped into action? Okay. So, um, this is, uh, our story, yours and mine. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so I, I think I had talked to you the morning your husband died. Um, because no one saw it coming. It was, uh, you were going to the hospital and, um, it, it was something, a planned procedure, you know, so no one knew anything like this would happen. And, um, and so you texted me, I believe the news that he was gone. Okay. And, uh, and it was very short. And I remember thinking to myself, her phone is about to explode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it was, it was a lot. It was shocking. Um, and, and so sad. And, and I remember I was sitting at my desk at work, getting this text and, uh, and just thinking, okay, well, I'll, I'll respond something quick, but I need to get out of here. So I told my boss, I, I need to make sure she's not by herself because she went to the hospital, just her and him. And I, I don't believe any other family was there. I, I don't know for sure. Yeah, his parents just, were there. Yeah. I had no idea. I just remember thinking, I need to make sure she's not alone right now. And, um, and my boss was super understanding and, um, and I, and I also didn't want to, I remember I didn't want to like bother you because I felt like you were probably in a lot of shock too. And you were just communicating the essentials like in that moment. And, and I just went, okay, well, I'm not going to like call her or text her to see if she's alone. I'm just going to show up. So I, but then I realized I don't have your new address because you had just, we had just moved a few months prior. We hadn't even unpacked all the boxes yet. Right. And I remember when you got to my house, like, how did she know where I haven't even sent out the, (laughs) the announcements yet. Yeah. It was because I, because we, we both are friends with your real estate agent. And so I, um, called him and I called his wife, which was, was like, I got to get someone on the phone. And I said, um, tell, please tell me what Veronica's address is. And here's what's happened in case you have not heard yet, you know, and, um, I just need to go over there and make sure she's not by herself. And so they gave, I basically, I'd gone in my car from my office in Irving headed towards, (laughs) towards your city that I knew you had moved to. I was like, I'm just going to head that direction and I'll find out the address when I get over there. And, and so they got me the address and I, and I just showed up at your door, I think. Um, and once I got there, I saw you weren't alone. It was like, okay, well, that's good. Step one. I wasn't alone by that point. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, um, Mostly I was in, uh, uh, be be there mode, I guess. Um, I, I knew you'd be overwhelmed. I knew it was a shock for everybody. I knew that it wouldn't be in their arsenal at the moment to, um, be a support, uh, whether it's you or your parents or his parents, like everyone was feeling the loss. So, um, so I just showed up to, to provide what, whatever was needed. And I, I think it was Whataburger. It was, I love, <laughs> okay. So listeners, I love Whataburger. I'll eat it every single day, three meals a day. I love it. Yes. And I, and I just, I think it's been a medium minute. Like I just sat down on the couch with you and just let you lead if you were going to talk or not. And, um, 
did I talk? I don't even know. It was like, I'm sure it, it was wasn't crying. much. It was more people would ask you things and you'd respond. And I just sort of sat there quietly. And, um, and, and, uh, cause I think it's important to have calm around you. So that was my main focus was I'll just be calm, be here. And if someone needs something, then I'll go get it. And you wanted Whataburger it to me, if someone actually says something specific that they want, then you just make sure they have enough of it. <laughs> and so, so we had Whataburger. So Jocelyn went above and beyond. I don't know how many bags of Whataburger you actually brought back, but it seemed like a lot because I ate Whataburger for like the next two or three days. Yeah. And it was delicious. Thank I you. Went for larges of everything, but yeah, it, that was it. And, and then, and I think there was another friend of yours there that I didn't know hadn't met before. And she and I just sat on the couch. So occasionally you'd get up, um, cause someone would, someone would show up and, mm-hmm. um, and I felt like she and I were on the same wavelength of, um, just be calm, be calm and be here and, and don't bombard you with a whole lot of questions, okay. um, or, or, pressure you to talk or any of that. Right. We wrote, we both just sat there and people would come in and out. And, and I think it must be very overwhelming to have people coming in and out, just totally grief stricken too. Um, so I I thought it was just kind of cool that this other friend of yours had the same (laughs) instinct I did of just like, well, we'll just sit here though. We don't, it's okay. She's gotten in a place to where she needs to see us crying about it, but like, we'll just be here. And, and we just sat there. I don't remember how long I was there that day Um, either. It's, it's, it's been, it'll be four years this May and it's still a giant blur that day. Yeah. But I do remember there being lots of people there in the house. I couldn't tell you exactly everyone that was there. It -hmm. just felt like, okay, you know what it felt like? You know, when you're watching um, like a cartoon, I won't remember, I won't say their name, but it's that, you know, the Charlie Brown. Yes noise in the background or like a constant or when you're on an airplane you hear that and you can hear people talking but it's not discernible it's like that that's kind of what I remember Uh, so but thank you I just yeah those moments of I mean I know what I do when I hear the news of someone losing someone but you and Steve have both been there numerous times for different friends and you just feel like I felt like y'all were the the best two for right now to jump in and tell us like what you think, how you got there and like your thought process. Cause not everybody does it and that's okay. Cause they're grieving too. Right. But you're able to separate yourself from that moment. Does that make sense? Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't time for me to feel whatever I needed to feel about the loss. Mm-hmm. Um, I was never really, really close to Travis either. So I, I think I was in a position to where I could be more separated. Mm -hmm. Um, I was more close to you. So I think that makes a difference too, um, into how people are, are able to support, um, is, is how much of the grief are they themselves also experiencing at the same time? Yeah. Well, Steve, I don't want to ignore you. So I want you to kind of jump in and any of the losses you've experienced or, you know, friends who've lost someone or whether it be a person, a pet, kind of walk us through your, your go-to mode. Okay. Um, well, first off, I'll start with, uh, with you. Mm-hmm. 
uh, I didn't know Travis that well. I knew you much better. Mm-hmm. And so I think I found out from Bill okay. uh, that Travis had passed. And um, I was heartbroken for you because, you know, I love you. And um, Okay, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> Go ahead. So I did, I did the initial uh, platitude of, you know, I'm sorry for your loss. But we didn't really hang out, so I didn't come over uh, because I. But my philosophy has always been: um, people need to grieve, and the only way people can grieve is within themselves. Uh, you have to handle it in your uh, uh, own way, uh, in increments that you set and uh the time you need and i'm i'm not i'm not a platitude guy i wasn't going to sit around and keep texting you or or calling you with uh you know how you doing uh, as a matter of fact you may not remember this we went to alamo one time with bill the movie theater yeah and i got there right after you did i went oh v how you doing and then i went oh shit <laughs> so I'm assuming this is after he died. It was right, at, yeah, right after, probably within a month of when he had passed. Okay. And uh, and you said no, no, it's okay, it's okay, because you're, you know, you <laughs> such a sweet person. Uh, so uh, that's always kind of been my, you know, the the thing I I most do. I've told this to you several times at even right around the time of uh, Travis's passing, you know, that I love you. And um, to me, that's enough said. Uh, Because there's a lot in that statement. When I say it, it means I'm here. You need me. You let me know. I'm always accessible. And, And no time, no matter what, I'm here. And I'll let you set the boundaries for what you want me to do or what you need for me to do or what kind of a discourse you want to have with me and what subject. Yes. That's that's been my philosophy. Um, You know, I lost my mom and dad both. And I, I, I just got tired of hearing the, you know, so sorry, what a great person they were. Or whatever, because I knew I knew they were. And you were. I'm going to jump in real quick. You were amazing. Um, we had a friend who unfortunately lost their dog just recently. I was not able to get there fast enough or there at all. And Steve got there not once but twice during the medical emergency going on with the dog. And I don't even know like how fast you were driving or whatever. It seemed like you got there really fast. Um, and you were a great comfort to this friend who was it, was, it was such a shock. It was very sudden, but yeah, not once, but twice you were able to show up. You just said, okay, they need me. I go, I love you. I'm here. That was, that was huge. I remember thinking, wow, Steve really does walk the walk. You know, he's not just um, a lot of lip service. When he says he'll be there, he's there. 
I'm bragging on you. Am I, am I embarrassing you yet? <laughs> yeah, very much. I don't take compliments well, yeah, um, but it. that's that's what friends are. Yeah. I mean, there's no other explanation. No. So yeah, no. <clears throat> um, but um, you know that's where I left it. I told you I loved you, and uh, I think we've actually become better friends since. Yeah. Because uh, we we just done a show together. Yeah. And that's to me is a connection with everybody I've ever done shows with. Any actor out there who survives Tech Week with with <laughs> other people. And you're still friends afterwards. That's amazing. And no, tech weeks well, are hard. But, but um, so then um, uh, my son-in-law passed away. Uh, mm-hmm. He'd been ill for a while, but uh, they just actually moved him to a hospice. And I was in the habit of turning my phone off at night. And he passed away early in the morning. Oh, no. And she had tried to call me. And, of course, my phone was off. I no longer do that. Uh, and um, so as soon as I found out, I called my ex uh, to find out how she was doing. And she was actually at her house uh, sleeping. Oh. And so I said, well, you know, that's what she needs. Uh, and then uh, as soon as there again... Uh, when she was uh, up, I called her. We talked a long time. We both cried. I'm sorry. You okay? Uh, it's okay. Yeah. So, uh, same thing. I told her I loved her. And if she needed anything, call me. That's the... That's really sometimes all you can do. Um, well, that's, like I said, that's kind of been my philosophy. I mean, to me, platitudes are a dime a dozen. Uh, I don't like them. I, I do with friends uh, do the, you know, just so they know I, I know. I, I'll do the, the initial, uh, sorry for your loss. Yeah. And everyone's different. Everyone wants I once I got a lot of grief support books after Travis died, and there was one excerpt from an author, and he talked about not following the golden rule, but following the platinum rule of don't treat them how you want to be treated, treat them how they want to be treated. And I thought, oh, that's right on the money. That's that's brilliant. Um, but yeah, I will take the I'm so sorry for your loss, that kind of stuff over not saying anything at all. It felt like the people who, they didn't have the words and that's okay. But tell me, I don't have the words right now. Or even if you just send an emoji via text, a little heart or a smiley face, that goes a long way too. But when you, for me, it's when I didn't hear anything. I thought, oh, you know, they don't, it's not that they didn't care. Right. They were having a hard time articulating their words. And I get that because they're grieving too. Or they would tell me, oh, I've been thinking about you for months. I'm like, oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> yes, and I right, feel, really. feel kind of like a bitch because I'm just sitting there going, mm-hmm, thanks. And it's hard. And it, you know, I, every time, uh, uh, there, there's a lot um, of this, I think, due to social media. But every time someone posts 
something that they've had a loss and they're just sort of using this as a mode to communicate to a large group of people because it is very difficult to to repeat the same thing over and over and over again to people. And so sometimes that uh, it gets it out faster. It's better for the person, you know, for the individual to, to spread it that way. And so many people um, comment, I don't know what to say. I don't have the words. And I think it's okay not to have the words. I, if, you know, I think about what Steve just said about, you know, just saying, I love you, right. Is enough. And sometimes for me, it's, it's never been about, um, trying to say something, but to do something in that moment and to physically be there. And, um, and if you, if I can, right. So, um, like, I don't think I talked to you much at all when, uh, when I came to your house, um, I, I certainly didn't ask you any questions outside of have you eaten? Um, and I, I, you know, just sort of sat there and I think I put my, my hand on your back, like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm here, you know, Hey, and, um, physically being close, physically being there, um, is, has always been so much more important to me than trying to say the right thing. Right. And, you know, some people are good with the words. Some people are good with the acts of service when it was silence. I didn't know if they just didn't think about it anymore. They went back to their normal lives or what, but there were other things that, um, you know, people said, I remember a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine came to the funeral and she stood in line. And when she got her turn to talk to me, she goes, I'm so sorry for your loss. And it was so formal. And she shook my hand and I started laughing. I'm like, who the fuck are you? What, where's my friend? Why are you talking like this? And give me a hug, damn it. I mean, what is this? And, she, and her husband is just looking at her going, what did you just do? <laughs> but I started laughing and it was what, exactly what I needed her. To, and I don't think she meant to be silly. I think it just. Yeah. But it was, it was that moment of, I think that was the one of the first times I had exhaled in like four days. And mm-hmm. it was, it was a relief because I thought, oh, I can remember to exhale. That remembering. Well, I, like, I like what Jocelyn and, and you both have said when I said that I sent the uh, obligatory platitude. It wasn't. Uh, that it was a rec it was recognition to you yes that I knew yes and uh, that's kind of that's what I think you know it's that message going hey I know right and yeah then I just told you I love you and 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 then the the platinum that's exactly you know I, I let you tell me what you need I think that saying something makes so much sense though, because, um, it's so easy to feel alone when you're grieving, when you've had a loss. And so being not having any kind of acknowledgement, it's sort of like saying, you know, it, it, I, I could see where it would feel like, oh, I don't feel like I exist to you. Yeah. If you don't acknowledge it at all. So say anything really. It, it's okay if it's awkward. It might make me laugh that it's awkward. Yeah. And Josie, you said something while I go about putting it on social media just to get it out there quickly and succinctly. I did that. And I also included the funeral information of, you know, where the services were going to be and things like that. And I said, please, and I posted on my page, Facebook page and Travis's. And I said, please don't send me any comments here. 
please don't, because I'm not going to read them right now. Hundreds of comments started pouring in as soon as I said, please don't post here. And I was like, it's okay. You know, I'll read, I'll read them later. It'll be fine. I'll, I'll be appreciative of it later, but not right now. Because I didn't want anyone to ask me questions that I didn't have any answers to. Yeah. But I did feel, I did feel heard. I did feel seen and I felt loved. Thank you both so much. This was exactly what I wanted. And you're both so, just so amazing, just amazing friends. And I am so grateful to know both of you. All right. I'm going to wrap this up. I love you both. Thank you. Love you, V. Bye. Bye. Thanks for having us. After my husband died, people often asked me, what should they do? What could they do for someone who's grieving? It's one of the reasons why I started this podcast in the first place. I've collected some helpful tips, but please remember everyone's grief is unique and not all helpful hints are going to help everyone. So here we go in no particular order. If you're going to take them food, deliver it in disposable pans. That way they don't have to wash anything and they don't have to remember which dish goes to which person. Gift cards, especially food gift cards, are awesome. Reach out to them on special dates. Reach out to them on regular dates too. Don't ask if they need anything from the store. Be more specific. Say something like, I'm going to the store. Do you need any paper towels or toilet paper? How are you doing on dog food? Don't ask too many personal questions. Are you going to keep that big house just for you? How are you going to afford the house payments all by yourself? Don't try to fix them. Listen. Really listen. Be a safe place for your friend. If you don't know what to say, it's okay to say, I don't know what to say. Do not compare their loss to yours. Like I said, everyone's grief is unique. And above all else, be patient with them. Be patient with yourself. To see this list and more info, feel free to go to our website at griefandfrozenlasagnas.com. Join us next time when we discuss what happens when we lose a very special family member, our pet. Grief and Frozen Lasagnas is written, performed, and produced by Veronica Day. That's me. Music and sound design by Patrick Gary and the musical talents of the Sideshow Symphony. To hear this and other music by the Sideshow Symphony, go to www.sideshowsymphony.com or find the Sideshow Symphony on Apple Music from the streaming service of your choice. If you liked what you heard, or if you know anyone who might like this, please help us spread the news by sharing it. Or if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, please rate and review to let other people know about us. It really helps. If you would like to be part of the show, see photos, or if you'd like to listen to our other episodes, please visit us at griefandfrozenlasagnas.com. Thank you for listening today and hopefully in the future. Take care of yourself and be kind. Okay, bye. 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 Love you. Love you.